everybody here this morning at Poplar Springs Baptist Church. We hope that you have had a great week 
and we look forward to seeing what God has in store for us today. Uh, Ken had to uh, miss today. He had other, uh, when he came here, this day was already taken in his calendar, so he asked me to come and share the Word of God with you today, and asked me if I had a choice to continue on in Thessalonians or to do my own thing, and I'm going to preach on in Thessalonians, and I'm going to do my own thing, okay, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to do both, how's that? And so, I encourage you to turn in your Bibles today to 1 Thessalonians 3. We're going to read this whole chapter, okay? This, I don't like reading whole chapters, especially when, but this is not a long one. But I'm impressed with Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy give us a great example. And I'm not going to tell you what the example is until we read this passage of Scripture. But I want you to think of it yourself. Okay, what is Paul modeling to us? I'm I'm impressed with what he's he's doing here, and I'll be honest with you, it didn't hit me till Friday. I've been studying this passage. Just uh, Ken was great; he told me about a month in advance. But it wasn't until Friday that this actually hit me. That man, this is a great illustration. This is a Paul's really living what he's. What are you writing about? You know, you, you love to see preachers, when they preach it, they live it. Well, Paul's living it, okay? Now, let's just see what he did, okay? Let's just read this passage of Scripture. I'm going to make you stand. Let's stand in reverence to God's Word. I know you're comfortable, but I'm going to make you uncomfortable anyhow. So the Lord is, so let's just go with it. Now, this is going to be a good service today. Listen to these words. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, We thought it good to be left in Athens alone, and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborers in the gospel of Christ, to establish and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this." For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulations just as it happened. And you know, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. Lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us, from you and brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always have good remembrance of us greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you therefore brethren in all our afflictions and distress we were comforted concerning you by your faith for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord For what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God? Night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and the Lord Jesus Christ direct our ways to you and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you so that we may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before our God in faith at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all saints let's go to the Lord in prayer this time
Father, we are so thankful, Lord, for your word. And I'm thankful, Father, that your word is a sword that pierces both ways. And Father, I thank you, that, Lord, that at this very moment, your spirit is moving here today. Lord, as we've sung praises unto your name, we're thankful, Father, that we can sing to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we're so thankful, Lord, that you're here with us, communicating to us, allowing us to know you. And Lord, you're here to, to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to, to invest in us your presence in such a way that we can go out and be a brighter light into this world. I just pray now that you'll speak, Father. Hide me behind the cross. May Christ be high and lifted up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Most of y'all who know me know that I've been in the church all my life. Uh, I can remember when I used to go to training union. How many of y'all remember training union? Raise your hand. Never understood what that meant. Training union. Okay? They, do, they did. They had a reference to it. But as a kid, I did not know what that meant. You trained the union. Okay? I didn't understand who the union was. But you're training it. Okay? So, halfway in my lifetime, they decided to change the name to what? Scott, with his voice that cannot be heard from this far, I could hear. Training union. Not training union, discipleship training. <laughs> discipleship training. Oh no, we're in trouble today. <laughs> discipleship training. That made sense to me. Does that make sense to you? Discipleship training. Discipleship training, and where I went to church was on Sunday nights. And you went to a class. And you had a teacher. We did this thing called um, Bible drills. Y'all remember Bible drills? Y'all remember you took your Bibles like this and you had to place your hand right here, right? Y'all remember that? I was a competitor. I did it like this. That's illegal. That's illegal when you put your thumb right there, right? Because you're getting an advance. I didn't care. I wanted to win. Okay? And what we used to do, that was my, my shortcomings, what we did was we, we learned the Bible. We learned more Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. We learned all the books of the Bibles. And for boys that like to, com- like to compete, we learned every book of the Bible so that we could beat everybody else getting to it. Because there were prizes. They gave like, like prizes and we liked to win. And so that's what I grew up thinking discipleship training was. And not that it was bad, but it wasn't at all that it needed to be. Because what we, what we took away from that was that discipleship training was in a classroom. And that if you're going to be discipled, you must be in a, in a room with a teacher and you're sitting there just like you're taking math or any other class. You, you're, you're being taught it. And so, and, and some discipling is that. But there's a passage of scripture here that, that just blows my mind, and I want you to turn over to it. It says, Matthew, I want you to look over in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Most of you already know where I'm going 
This is the Great Commission. Okay? And the Great Commission says this. Now these are some of the last words of Jesus in the Bible. Okay? Before He ascends into heaven, this is what He says. So we put some priorities in this because these are some of His last words. But listen to what He says to His disciples. He said, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority, this is verse 18 of Matthew 28. All authority has been given to me, that's given to Jesus, in heaven and on earth. Okay, he's got all authority. So what does he tell us to do? Go. Now that word go means as you're going. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And it ends with amen. Almost like final. Amen. Okay. Now, what stumped me, going, I, don't, I understand, make disciples. Who's he telling to make disciples? Who's he talking to? The church, right? He got all the disciples right there together, all the followers of Christ together. And it was more than just the twelve. It was, it was, a, number, it was a, a number of the believers. And he tells every one of them to do what? Go and make disciples. I'm of the belief, and this is a fact, that you are a disciple maker. No amens? Not one amen. Was it, oh me? Did you say, am I a disciple maker? You talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. Everyone, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a disciple maker. And this is the fascinating thing, and this is what's beautiful about this passage of Scripture, is that we see that, you know, and and here's the principle. As we are being discipled, we are in turn making disciples. Okay? It's a flow. Okay? The, the Spirit flows through in and through us, and He flows in a way that as we are growing in Christ, we are investing that growth into somebody else. What you learned, what I learned in discipleship training in those classes, I do not keep to myself. I need to find somebody else and share that with them. You are a disciple maker. I hope you don't get up to heaven one day and get shocked that God said, I expected you to be a disciple maker. I put it in the book. I said it the last thing. I don't know how clear I could be. So I don't want you to get to the test and realize it's on the test. Are you a disciple maker? Do you see yourself as a disciple maker? Do you see somebody when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and they come down here and they place their faith and trust in Him and they tell the whole church that they're saved, you begin to pray for them immediately. You write their name down. Now, now what, what I want to do here, but I'm getting ahead of myself, I want you to notice that Paul gives us a great example here because, and, and let's, let's just jump into this, because I want you to notice, first of all, disciples need... A disciple maker. That's point number one. 
A Christian, you can say it this way, Christians need a disciple maker. Okay? I like saying it that way. Disciples need a disciple maker. There's a in human form. Okay? A disciple already has the Holy Spirit, right? That disciple, a believer already has the Word of God. We have that. But we need skin. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? We need somebody who's walking in our world that can show us how to maneuver as a disciple. Some of us, you know, like kids at school, they need to see other students living their faith out in the school. We need those students that are going to high school, junior high, elementary school, to live out their faith so that others can see Jesus at Burns High School, at Dorman High School, at Woodruff High School. I'm not going to list all the elementary schools and all the other schools that we'd be here all day. And we're getting more as we speak. But do you see what we're saying here? Disciples need disciple makers, and Paul knew that. Paul had been rushed out of Thessalonica. Persecution had come. They were really they they were ready to take him out to kill him. So he had to escape. He, he wasn't able to disciple them like he wanted to because many came to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you need proof of that, just look at Acts 17, beginning with verse 1, and just read that. I'm not going to go to that. I don't have time to touch on that, but just write that down somewhere and you can look back at it later. But Paul and his friends had to leave and they went to Berea, the Thessalonians, uh, some of the troublemakers from there followed him there, and, and he had to escape and went to Athens. But even though he had to leave, his heart knew, his mind knew that they were they, they needed to be discipled in Thessalonica. So what did he do? He sent Timothy. Now think about the equation here. Okay, the equation is disciples that they need to be. Discipled, and also they need to be disciple makers. Okay? Paul is discipling Timothy. How do we know that? There's two books in the Bible named Timothy, right? What is that all about? Discipling. He is poor, Paul is pouring himself into Timothy by letter. He's mentoring him. He's teaching him about Jesus Christ. But what is Timothy doing? But when he finds some when a church that needs somebody, he sends somebody that he has discipled to go to minister. And what is he doing? He's discipling. So Timothy is in the middle. He's being discipled, and he's also a disciple maker. I truly believe we're all called to be Timothys. We're all called. Now, you may not be called to a thousand, but you may be called to one. Dr. Carter this week asked us to think of just one person. This year, to disciple. To pour yourself into. Paul decided to pour himself into Timothy, and now he's reaping the benefits because... Paul could not go to Thessalonica, but Timothy could. Do you see the power that's in that? 
He was able to share Jesus with these folks through Timothy, even though Paul could not go because they still wanted to to work him over. And this is what a disciple maker does. I want you to notice what happens here because in verse 2, he says this. He says, and I sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow, fellow laborer and the gospel to do, uh, gospel of Jesus Christ to establish and to encourage. As a disciple maker, this is what, these are two things that you need to do. You need to help establish the person that is, that is growing in their faith, that's young in their faith. That word establish means strengthen. You need to come alongside them and, and strengthen them. And how do you do that? You, first of all, just your presence strengthens somebody. They're not alone. Uh, this past week, um, Keith and Hillary came over to the church and we had a special time together. Hillary's battling cancer and, and, and Scott and I had a, a special time with them in prayer. And I told Keith, I said, man, I, I said... Uh, uh, he has all my numbers. He got in touch with me and all this kind of stuff. I said, I said, I just want you to know you're not alone. And you know what he told me? He said, I've never felt alone. I've never felt alone. Folks, he's strugg- they're struggling right now. Cancer is, is doing a work in Hillary's life right now. But you know what? Their faith is strong. I, I left there as we, uh, they're, 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 she's facing maybe death here in the near future. And you know what? She's not afraid. She's been discipled. We all need to be discipled. Because we're all going to face things in our lives that we need to be strong in. And if you don't do it, the world's going to swoop in because what's Paul concerned about? Did you notice what he was concerned about? If we don't disciple these people in Thessalonica, Satan will come in and steal them. He can't take their faith, but he can do what? He can take their testimony. He can take their effectiveness. When they face certain things, they'll they'll be defeated by it because they haven't been discipled. It's great to have the Bible, folks. It's great to have the Holy Spirit, but if you ignore the Holy Spirit, if you ignore the Word of God, then what good are you? We need somebody to come alongside us. I'm going to say like a coach. That's going to say, hey, you can do better in this area right here. Hey, you're a little weak right here. This is what I did when I faced this issue. You need to have somebody in your life that's going to help you. And Timothy was that to the Thessalonians. And Paul was that to Timothy. And we see this equation that goes on. And it's much needed. But not only did he establish them, but he also encouraged them. He is very positive. You know, the word encourage means to come alongside. I've always said this about ministry. Ministry, a lot of it is just showing up. I'm amazed sometimes when I show up at a hospital, in a hospital room, where people will lighten up just because they see the pastor show up. They see a minister show up. They see somebody that loves Jesus showing up. And it gives them some hope. You need to invest in that person's life by your presence. 
and walk, walk beside them. Meet them for coffee. Find out what's going on in their lives. Meet for lunch or something like that. But develop a, a, a useful relationship with them to cheer them up, to encourage them, to assist them, to remind them that they are children of God. And that God will never leave them nor forsake them. Not only does disciples need a disciple maker, but they also need a disciple maker to share the word of God with them. In verses 6 through 8, you you see here that Timothy comes back to Paul and he tells them some good news. They haven't lost their faith. They're growing in their faith. They're, they're, they, they, and, and, and they're growing in their faith. And, and, and things are going well. And everything like that. So Paul was so encouraged that he wrote them a letter. He actually wrote them two letters, right? That became the Word of God. God-inspired words. When they received these words from Paul, they were actually receiving words from God. Because God inspired Paul to write these words. As a disciple maker, we are here to share the word of God with those that we are to disciple. You're not here to give just your opinion. That's scary. I hear some of your opinions and some of your opinions scare me. I'll just be honest with you. Okay? We We don't need that, honestly. A disciple needs the word of God. Okay? And if you're going to give your opinion, make sure you tell them it's your opinion. Okay? I do my best to do that while I'm preaching. If I start getting into my opinion, I will say that. And I know you can throw my opinion out with the with this water, whatever. But the Word of God you've got to deal with. And Paul responded to, to the, the words that Timothy shared with him by writing this letter for, and, and God-inspired words. And we are to do the same by, turn, by sharing the Word of God with those that we know. Now, let me tell you, a lot of you haven't been to seminary and you're going, how am I... How many of you been to Sunday school for over 50 years? Raise your hand. You should know the Bible by now, Amen. Okay? You should be able to share the Word of God. If not, you need to change classes. Okay? And find somebody that's going to teach you the Word of God. Okay? Don't go to Sunday school to get people's opinion. Okay? If you have a... And I'm going to tell you this. I can say this because I can. If you've got a Sunday school teacher that the only thing they're doing is sharing their opinion, run. Get out. You don't want their opinion. You want the what? Say it louder. You want the Word of God. You don't care about their opinion. You don't get up early on Sunday morning to hear somebody's opinion. If they're complaining about the church, run. Get out. They're from Satan themselves. Okay? Satan has planted them in the church. Okay? And you need to get out of that class. There's other classes that teach the Word of God. I'm in one. Okay? Come to our class. Rick teaches the Word of God. Right, Rick? Rick teaches the Word of God. Mark, you teach the Word of God. And there's many others. I'm not going to pick on everybody today. I know those two can handle it. Okay? But as a disciple maker, you need to point them to the Word of God. Okay? That's dear to my heart. Because the Word of God is going to last forever. 
My opinion will burn with everything else. But the Word of God, praise God, will see in eternity. So teach the Word of God to your disciple. Teach them about how God loves them. Teach how to memorize the Word of God. To, to, to meditate on the Word of God. To, to struggle with the Word of God. I struggled with this passage. I'll just be honest with you. I did not want to change this sermon Friday. I was already good to go with what I felt was... I had my thing going, you know? And then God says no, so I had to work extra on Friday. I don't like working extra on Friday. I'll just be honest with you. So I struggled with him a little bit. But you know what he said? This is what you need to hear today. This is the message for Poplar Springs Baptist Church. And here's your messenger here trying to say, Oh Lord, I want to go with what I want to say. He said, No, stay here longer. And I stayed longer. Okay? So, point your disciple. If you don't know it, it's fair to say, Hey, I'll get back to you. I tell you, I'm a chaplain. Right? I followed in his footsteps right there, so I'm glad you're here today. They ask some crazy questions as a chaplaincy, don't they? Some of them we don't have a clue. So what I have to say is, hey, i got to get back to you on that one. Okay? I'm trained, but I'm not that trained to answer all the questions. It's not bad to say, I'll get back to you. Come to a minister, look it up, study and then find the answer. And if you cannot find the answer, it's fair to say, I don't have an answer for that. We are human, amen? We don't have to have the answer. God has all the answers, amen? Last time I checked, I wasn't God. And so we need to point them back to the Word of God. And the last thing I want you to realize here, as a disciple maker, disciples need a disciple maker who will pray for them. This is a beautiful prayer that Paul prays here in verse, beginning in verse, it starts in verse 9, but really down into it. But listen to these words again. You may have forgotten what he says. He says, for, for what thanks can we render to God for you? For all the joy which we rejoice for your sakes before God. Listen to, listen to this verse. This is important. Night and day. What do they do? Praying exceedingly that we may see your faith and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Now may God and Father, our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our ways to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. So that he may establish your heart blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Folks, this is a very important part of disciple making is us praying for the disciple. We need to pray for those who are young in the faith. It's not good to see somebody come and accept Jesus Christ and they come before us and we vote them into the church and then we never see them again. Okay? It's as if something's come up and got their attention and and we need to pray for them and pray protection over them. But pray that they will grow. Now let me tell you, you're not here to disciple every person 
in this church. But you are here to make sure every person in this church is being discipled. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? If there's somebody that's being left alone, that's not good. We're not long-ranger Christians. We need somebody that's going to come alongside of us, who's going to pray for us, who's going to help us walk alongside of us. They're no better than us. They're just down the road a little bit further than we are in our faith, right? We don't come like we're better. We're not. I'm not. I, don't, I can't speak for you, but I know I'm not. I come alongside of them, and I know I need prayer. Praise God, somebody prayed for me today. I already felt God's prayers. I know somebody's already prayed for me today because I'm standing up here speaking. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that. I, I count on people praying for me. And everybody should be able to say that. Do you have somebody praying for you right now? Are you praying for somebody? Is there somebody God has led you to? And He says, I want you to invest in this person's life. And I want you to share me with them. And I want you to pray. I want you to bring their names to me. And lift their names to me. So I can strengthen their faith. Because notice what He prayed for here. This is, this, is some, this is a great prayer that He prayed here. Because I think it's... If, first of all, He prayed for their faith. That it may grow. Folks, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're saved, right? You, you, you're saved. You're going to heaven. That's, that's dealt with. That's fine. But we got a whole life to live, right? And if we got a whole life to live, there's a lot of muck in between us getting saved and us going on into heaven, right? Some of us have been through the muck, amen? How many of you are in the muck right now? If you're in the mud, if you're if you're in the mud right now, you need prayer. There's not a strong Christian out here that does, there's not a Christian here that doesn't need somebody praying for them. Are you praying for somebody right now that their faith? Don't I hear people always pray? You know, our, our prayer times a lot of times is praying for people's physical health. But what about their spiritual health? Are we praying that they will grow in their faith? Folks, we, I've said this before, this might sound a little wrong, but we pray a lot to keep people out of heaven, amen? If y'all notice most of our prayer time is keeping people out of heaven? Lord, please heal so and so. Okay, why are we praying for healing? Because we're, are we praying God's will or are we praying our will? I'm all for praying for healing. But I'm more encouraged when somebody prays for somebody's faith. When was the last time you prayed for somebody's faith? That you, Lord, strengthen that person's faith. Folks, I pray for my kids' faith every day. I pray for my wife, Shannon's faith, every day. There are certain people that God has brought into my life, and I pray that some of them will accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I've got some lost friends. Then I'm praying that they will receive their faith in Jesus Christ, that they'll put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But there's some young believers that God has placed in my life that I am praying that they will grow in their trust in God. 
There's areas that they need to trust God in that they're not trusting in. And they need to grow in that. And they need to mature in that area in their lives. And that will be until the day we die, guys. We have not arrived. There's areas that you're weak in that you need to be strengthened in. And God is working on you. And we need people praying for us. Not only do they pray, He prayed for their faith, but He prayed for that their love might abound. Now notice what He says here. Okay, remember what they're going through. Persecution. They're going through trials. What happens when we normally go through persecution and trials? Sometimes we get very selfish. We get very selfish when we go through a valley. We sort of build a, a, a protector around us. And, and, we, and we're, we're self-preservating. We're, 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 taking, we're, we're protecting ourselves. And a person of faith, and I just say, Keith, I, I was trying to protect Keith. And Keith said, I don't need no protection. God is taking care of me. I said, Amen. Somebody's going through what they're going through right now, and both of them just, their faith just beamed. But I'm still praying for them because Satan is real. But I, we are to love. Now, notice who we're to, to love. This gets a little messy. Now, he says, therefore, brethren, let me get, get to the right verse here. Let me flip over to the next page. We are to pray for, uh, here it says, uh, so that we may establish, in verse 12, that the Lord may increase and abound in love to one another. Now listen, that, that one another means church. But then it gets a little messy when it says, and to, what's the word? All. We are to love all, just as we do to you. Paul is praying that their love would be strengthened and that their love would be not only to the church, but to the world. People are hard to love sometimes, amen? I thought that'd be stronger. Love, it's hard to love people, amen? Y'all lying? Y'all not, some of y'all sitting there so pious. And I know y'all having a struggle. There's some people just hard to love. But God says we are to love all people. How many of y'all need prayer? Some of you not raising your hands, but you need it. There's people that are hard to love, and if it wasn't for God, I would not love them. Amen. Left in my own strength, I would not love some people. Amen. So that's why I need prayer. And you need prayer. And we need to pray for each other. We need to pray that our faith will be strengthened and that our love will be strong. Lord, help me love this person. Lord, help me to love everyone. If we're going to be disciple makers, we have to be willing to pray for those who are weak or young in the faith. It sort of reminds me sometimes of uh, down in Florida and on, on the coast, you see these turtle 
turtles will come up, these mother turtles will come up and they lay their eggs on, on the, up on the shore. And it's, it's way off from the water. And these poor little, when the turtles are hatched, they have to crawl from where they're hatched out of these holes. They come out of this, the sand. It's a wonderful thing to watch. But then they crawl all the way to the, to the water. And it's a struggle. And what you want to do is you want to help them, but you can't really help them because in helping them in that fashion would hurt them because by them working their arms, they build up strength to swim. We have to be wise in a way that we minister to those that we're ministering to. And prayer helps us. One of the things that a disciple maker needs to pray is for wisdom. We don't, take, we don't do everything for them, but we do walk alongside of a disciple and make sure. And prayer gives us wisdom as we do that. But a disciple needs a disciple maker who will pray for them and, and keep them in your prayers. Well, here's the question. We said that disciples need disciple makers and disciple makers need to share the word of God with them and also pray for them. The question I need to ask you is, is Poplar Springs Baptist Church developing and making disciple makers? And the part B of that question is this. Are you a disciple maker? Because some of you have been at Poplar Springs for a long time. I was up in the balcony hanging out right before coming up here and someone said, Hey, I saw your picture in, in the annual back whenever, uh, back when you were a youth minister. And I said, Yeah, I was a lot younger back then. Okay, I was. Fresh out of seminary, came here. Uh, I know some of y'all before y'all had children and now your children are grown and gone. Amen? Okay? But you, but, has, has, Poplar Springs developed your disciple-making skills. Well, let me rephrase that. Have you allowed Poplar Springs Baptist Church to develop your disciple-making skills? The reason I ask that is because why did I ask that? Because Jesus says, go and do what? So what should Poplar Springs be in the business of? Going and making Disciples. Do you even consider yourself a disciple? That's questions you, we all have to ask. And for some reason, God has told me to tell this to you today. And I wanted to be obedient. But you have to be obedient now. And I still have to be obedient because I have to answer these same questions myself. If you're not a disciple maker, why not? I'm here to tell you it's time to become one. It's time to become one. You may need to come to this altar today and pray. And say, Lord, help me to become a disciple maker. I've accepted you as my Lord and Savior in the past. But I have been selfish with my salvation and I have just made it about me. 
And I've just come to realize that my salvation is not about me. It's all about you and what you can do in and through me to become a disciple maker. I promise disciple makers don't complain about the music. Disciple makers don't complain about how long the sermon is. Disciple makers don't complain. They work. The only time they complain is when you get involved in in their way of investing in somebody's life, Jesus Christ. Because it's all about Jesus. So here it is. Will you be a disciple maker? We're going to have... I don't know what the music is today. I'll fly away. (laughs) You ought to hear what Scott just said. I'm sorry, Scott. What is it? Have thine own way, Lord. That's the song that we're going to sing today. Let's not sing today. Okay? Let's just play the music. I want the Holy Spirit just to work on you today. I don't want you to get involved in the words. I want you to get, right now, I want you to get the Holy Spirit just invest in you at this time. So I'm going to ask you all to all stand at this time. And I'm going to ask our musicians to begin to play. And I'm going to pray as they, everybody gets, gets used. But I really want you to be a disciple maker today. Okay? Because God wants you to be one. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to share your word. And Father, this message was to the church. Paul was so concerned about the church in Thessalonica that he sent Timothy. He wanted to go himself, but he was so concerned about their faith and them growing as a disciple that he sent a disciple maker named Timothy. And Lord, we have Timothys, we have disciple makers all in this church today. Some of them have taken a break. Some of them have pushed it aside. But it's time now. It's time to get serious about investing ourselves into other people's lives and investing Jesus into their lives. As we walk by faith, we walk alongside others who walk by faith. But Father, I do want to pray for those who've never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. And I pray, Father, if there's somebody here that's never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they'll come and take me by the hand and and allow me to share with them. And I promise that they will be discipled. But, Lord, during this invitation, I pray that, Lord, that your spirit would open our hearts and our minds. And, Father, that you would help us to move and to repent from not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And Father, we're going to praise you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
all God's people said? I've given you an opportunity during this invitation to talk to God. To deal with Him one-on-one. To, to commit yourselves to, to obeying the Word of it. Obeying His Word to become a disciple maker. I hope you took advantage of that. Because it's important. This is not something that we can push aside. We've, 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 we've built the church up to such a level that sometimes we lose sight of our own responsibilities. And this is your responsibility. I can't take it away from you. No pastor, no minister, nobody can take this away from you. You are held responsible for this. Okay? I want you to under, truly understand this. Okay? This is God's Word that we're dealing with. Okay? I don't want to butter it up anymore because it is what it is. And I pray that you'll take this message seriously. Because let me tell you, God can use you in a mighty and powerful way. Amen. He can take you and use your weaknesses and it would be His strengths. And I promise you, when you disciple somebody, God will give you the words... When you don't have the words. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. You'll feel His presence when you kneel down and pray with that person. I don't want you to miss that on this side of eternity. Don't get so busy with life and being selfish that you lose sight of what God has for you to invest in other people's lives. And I promise you, if you do that, this church will change. Because when you show up to church, this church will change for you. Because you won't come here for any other reason but, but to be in the presence of God. I hope that wasn't in just my head. <laughs> but do you understand? Do you, you understand what we're saying here? I prayed this prayer today, and I never prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, if this is the last sermon I ever preach in my life may you get the glory I preached this sermon today as if this was my last one not knowing that if I have another chance I've got other schedules don't, don't get me wrong but who knows if I'll get to, able to preach them but folks we need to live life that way okay who does the announcements today Kim would, would you close us out with everything I'll be in the back All right. We have a wonderful opportunity that we want everyone to be involved in on Wednesday, April the 13th. That's where we're having our Wednesday Family Night Egg Stravaganza. Um, That's going to be our annual Easter egg hunt, which will be a little bit different this year, thanks to the Poplar Springs Fire Department. It's going to be an Easter egg drop. So I hope the no kids will be injured in that. I promise they will not be underneath the egg. But it will be a little bit different. But lest you think that this is just for children or young families, it's not. We have things planned for everyone ages 0 to 99 so we, or older if there's anyone else that wants to come. We invite all of you to come out. We'll start with dinner. Please let us know by signing up in the, um, out there with Donna in the office that you'll let us know that you'll be here for dinner. We have games. We have prizes. We have candy. But most importantly... We're going to celebrate Jesus. And so we hope you will all, all be a part of that. Now, also on Wednesday nights, as part of the missions emphasis that the children have been doing, they were all given an Easter egg to take home. 
this past week to collect money for the upcoming Annie Armstrong Easter offering. If you are not familiar with that, that is what us Baptists do to celebrate and support uh, missions in North America. And um, so they were challenged to fill their Easter egg and bring it back. And so I issued the challenge that said if they raise collectively $100. Now, they're supposed to do this in change, okay? So let me say this first. But I would color my hair a different color temporarily. They temporarily color my hair a different color. And they voted on blue. So if they do that, well, then Chip, who's not here today, stood up and said if they raise $200, he would shave his beard. So um, I was asked by Scott Greer to let the whole church know about this challenge that we've issued to them. So um, we are looking forward to see what our children will do. Um, so we hope that you will be a part of what we have coming up. Also, if there's any children ages 2nd grade to 6th grade that want to attend summer camp, please let me know so that we can get our deposit in. Um, the information was on the screen and in the newsletter this week. Uh, finally, if you have an offering today, there will be ushers out in the vestibule with plates, or you can put it in the black boxes as you exit at the door. Um, was that it? Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's close in prayer as we leave today. Dear God, I just thank you for this opportunity and privilege we have to come and worship you, sing your praises, read and study your word, that we can collectively come together and know you more. And God, as we leave this place, I pray that you have stirred in our hearts the importance of not only being disciples, but to being disciple makers. And I thank you for that message we've heard that it will not stay here within these walls, but it will go out with us. It will invoke in all of us that we will follow your command to make disciples of all people and to, that you will increase as it says in Thessalonians, increase our love for one another, but our love for all people as we go. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.